I protest. Sorry to be so late today. This is Donald Jeffries here with you. Uh, we're waiting on our guest, very special guest. I hope comes on, and that, that is Mr. Uh, Primetime Alex Stein, 99. Primetime 99. That's it. It's great, great work, and uh, so we're looking forward to having him on. Uh, he's running a few minutes behind, so hopefully we'll get him on here. Uh, you, as soon as we out, can, Alex. and I keep checking back here to make sure he get. We're here. Oh, we do God, have him. Okay, I'm wonderful. Here. That's great. Alex, I'm here. I thought maybe I was in the back room or something. No, I'm here. <laughs> I'm on my way to a trans pride rally in Denton, Texas. Uh, as we speak, I wasn't planning on going, but then uh, a buddy of mine, a cameraman guy, said he's driving up from Houston to film it with me. So now I'm just trying to get all my gear. You know, when you go film this stuff, you got to have the camera, you got to have the microphone. And then I have a special mount for my GoPro because I'm wearing, I'm going to wear, I'm bringing my women's bathing suit. So I'm going to be in this. I'm going to be in my leotard. <laughs> so just getting a lot of, a lot of loose ends taken care of. But now I'm, I'm in the car on my way oh. to the rally in North Texas, Don. Well, I appreciate it. And so thanks so much for that. I, I know, man, you're, you're blowing up. And I'm sure most of the people out there know who you are. But uh, this guy has really, uh, in the last month or so, just exploded furniture on Alex Jones. And then you get on Tucker Carlson. So I, I don't know what's next for you. Maybe, maybe The maybe Don Jeffrey show is what is next, dude. That's what's next. Uh, but, but seriously, uh, are, you an, are you an Alex Jones fan? I love Alex Jones, but it sucks what's happening to him. You know, he's getting litigated to death. It's just such yeah. a shame. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it goes, and like I said, my, my son is the one who turned me on to John. I know he's out there listening. And he, he was really the one that, I mean, I knew about Alex Jones, but years ago, you know, he started getting into him and we started watching him every night. And uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's done some great work and it's a shame. I got the big Twitter battle uh, the last couple of days about Alex Jones. I was, I was just going for free speech, you know, and they wanted to debate me about saying, I, I'm not even talking about it. I'm just saying, 
free speech is free speech. But you, you're, I, I just love what you do. I love the fact you use comedy as a vehicle. This shows how you know what a powerful weapon comedy is. How did you get started on on, on doing all this? Okay, so a little bit about myself. I worked, and I signed an NDA, so I can only say so much, but I worked for the TV show Cheaters here in Dallas. That's a show where we catch people cheating on their husbands and wives. And it's a show that plays on MTV, VH1. It's syndicated in, like, 39 countries. And basically, in that show, you know, we go, we're, we're wild and crazy. It's called, like, stunting. Like, we always, you know, like, run into stores, and we just, we just go crazy, right? So I have this history of doing crazy yeah. stuff in front of a camera, but I was just a producer, you know, I started off as a production assistant and then moved my way up, but it's a very sad story. So the host was a guy named Clark Gable. His grandfather was the Clark Gable from the movie Gone with the Wind, who was the famous, you know, Hollywood yeah. actor. Yeah. So this is his grandson, right? His grandson mm-hmm. was a friend of mine. His name was Andrew. He went by Clark um, because, you know, he wanted some name recognition. But what's really sad is this, this guy, Don, I'm telling you, when it, when it talks about drug tolerance, this guy had the highest tolerance I'd ever seen. I mean, he was just like a wild child. He grew up in L.A. His dad being the first son of Clark Gable, who is a known, you know, libation party animal, the actual Clark Gable Sr., the, the, the famous actor. He was a big party right. animal in the Hollywood heyday. But basically, long story short, my buddy in the night that he wasn't partying, like wasn't, you know, up to his normal shenanigans was with his 19 month old baby and his wife and took what he thought was like a pain pill, like a Vicodin or oxycodone, I think is what they said in the autopsy. And it had fentanyl in it and he never woke up. Ah. He, just, he, he swallowed the pill and died. Yeah. And it was really sad. He was my, you know, one of my good friends. I mean, we worked together, but you know, him and I became friends too. I was obviously not as wild as him. I'm not trying to virtue signal. I'm just saying Clark was like, I would have never thought he'd die of a drug overdose, if that makes sense. I would have thought the drugs would overdose before he would. But long story short, they said, Alex, you're going to be the next host. And this is like a month after he died. And so I'm like in this weird kind of like, oh, I'm happy that I could be the host of the show. But my friend just died. And so it was really weird. It was life changing for me. I quit drinking. I quit smoking. I quit basically doing anything. You know, I went straight edge for a little bit. And then I, I don't drink anymore. I haven't drank since then. But but I like was so depressed every time I smoked weed or drank. It would make me feel really sad and think about Clark. But they said, Alex, you're going to be the next host of this show. And then when it came time in April 2020, they hired like this 52-year-old black dude from New York, which is fine. But I'm, what I'm saying is they, they went for a totally different person than me to thinking that I would still work for the show, right? And so I wouldn't be mad. Like if they would have picked another 30-ish-year-old white guy – I might be like, hey, what the heck? You promised me this gig. But because they picked somebody <laughs> totally different than me, you know, they thought, oh, well, Alex will get there. We're just going in a different direction for the host. So it's not like personal, you know, even though they promised me that I would be the next host. So it was that day uh, when they when I found out it was this guy, Peter Guns, I, I quit. I was like, I'm not doing this. And that's when I started creating my own podcast. And I started it in May of uh, May 26, 2020, I think it was my first podcast, uh, you know, the first day I, I posted one. And so then that was when COVID, all the crazy stuff was happening. So I was like, oh, I'm trying to get attention for my show. I'm going to go to some city council meetings, but I'm going to talk serious. Even though like, I joked around a little bit because I'm obviously a comedian. I was serious. I was like, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't based in science. A lot of this stuff is just making things worse. And, you know, there's, you know you're just going to have mandatory vaccines. Like I was talking about problem, reaction, solution. 
and mm-hmm. you know talking about how this is you know multinational corporation yada 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 i sounded like a total conspiracy theorist which i am which i'm fine with but they just disregarded <laughs> me like i was a total jerk like i was wasting their time and i also noticed other people in the meeting were talking about like serious issues about how like their their house burned down because their neighbor's house caught fire and the fire department didn't come and put it out fast enough and how they lost everything and you know, and these city council members would just look at them or look at their cell phone, just distracted, could care less. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, how can I get their attention? How can I draw them off sides? And that's when I noticed the crazier I got, the more it kind of elicited a response or at least like a reaction from them. And the first one, the first video I had that went really like semi-viral, like where a lot of conservatives shared it, like big accounts like Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro is... I, uh, I went up there right after the Texas heartbeat bill got passed, which they limit abortion up to like, I think it's like a month, you know, once the baby has a heartbeat, you can't abort it, which I think is a great law, really. I'm, I'm anti-abortion, but I get that, you know, there has to be like a little window where a woman could have it. Like, I, I understand that. Um, but my point being is I went and spoke and made this speech about how I loved abortion so much, how it's such a good, you know, it's like the best form <laughs> of contraception, contraception. And I just said, it's a hundred percent accurate. And basically yeah. you know, I was like, yeah, I got all these girls pregnant. What am I going to do? I can't take care of all these girls. Like I don't want to wear a condom. I don't want to, you know, I'm literally, you know, saying all this outrage, outrageous stuff. I just sound like these loony leftists that are pro abortion yeah. that, that say, Oh, we love the science. We love protecting. Well, you're like you're like Eric Car- Eric Cartman. Remember the South Park episode where he was addicted to abortions? Yeah, that was great. great yeah, stuff. exactly. And you know, it's funny. I love South Park. They're smart. I haven't seen that episode. See, I'm going to watch that tonight. So, Don, there's an episode where what he's addicted to abortion. Uh, yeah, well, no, it, it's a it's a spoof of wrestling, and it's incredible. But and so the kids are wrestlers, and one of them, Cartman, plays a woman. And of course, he's you know an eight year old boy. And, and he has this stupid crowd, you know, there's some, he, oh, how many abortions he had, you know, and, and he keeps saying, I'm addicted to abortions, I can't stop getting abortions, you know, it's, it's just, it's so ridiculous, but it's one of the best episodes, I think. Okay, well, I'm going to watch that tonight, or I'm going to watch the YouTube clipped up version of it, because I want to see that part. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, I made this outlandish speech talking being pro-abortion, like being extra, like anybody that's pro-abortion wouldn't be this disgusting. But really, that's not the case, because the, what gave me the inspiration is there was all these videos on TikTok that were going viral of girls like, oh, I got my abortion and like dancing and really celebrating it like it was this cool, hip, edgy thing. And that's what I was like, my, yeah. wow, you know, society's really devolved. So, yeah. long story <laughs> Well, long story short, then I, that video got noticed by my buddy, you, the guy you like too, Cassidy Campbell. And Cassidy, yes. you know, he, he started going to the meetings with me after that one because that one went kind of viral. And Cassidy had 1.5 million subscribers on his YouTube. He did these like dumb pranks and he still does some dumb pranks, not even calling pranks dumb, but just kind of like pranks that don't have any sort of, you know, context or don't really, you know, they're just more like to be goofy. Which young kids love that, you know, they don't like to have any propaganda in their content, right? But what was happening right. to his channel is it was like declining. It just wasn't growing. And he noticed that. And so he was like, well, I'm going to start going to the meetings with you. I was like, yes, you should. I want more people to go to the meetings. And, <laughs> and one of the biggest videos that went viral was his first meeting. It was probably my like 20th. Um, cause, cause I, I hadn't even talked about this part when the pandemic was happening, I'm able to, all of the city council shut down. So you're able to go to the meetings through zoom. So I was calling West Hollywood, Malibu, California, Portland. So I've called a bunch of them 
And, you know, a bunch of those went not like super viral, but, you know, hundreds of thousands of hits and some big accounts shared it. But the one that went for me, like the most viral one well, at the time was the one where I went as a TikTok nurse. And I went and I danced around Goofy and I talked about how give me my Fauci ouchie and I talked about how good the vaccine was. And that's the one that kind of put me on the map. Like that one was the one that where Cameo reached out where you can order a Cameo from me. Like that was just the one that now people are like, oh, wait, so he this is a bit that he does. He's a comedian. Like, I guess it kind of pulled the curtain back because it got shared seriously by ABC, by the Young Turks. You know, a few outlets shared it, you know, earnestly thinking like, oh, this guy is so pro-vax. Look how great he is. He's up yeah. here singing. And <laughs> the song couldn't have been any cringier or worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think you're right? Do you actually you actually think some people are so clueless that, that they're not getting satire? Well, this one, they, they did. I'll send you the clip. ABC <laughs> News shared it like it was very serious. And the Young Turks both. <laughs> No, they did uh, ABC News on their nightly news. They're the ones that they shared it like, oh, that guy's so awesome. Vaccinate your body. The woman, I got to see that clip. It's ridiculous. And so that that one, you know, I didn't, you know, gain so many, so many followers, but I started to, my account started to get big. And then I kept going to the meetings, kept going to the meetings. And then I had the prayers for Ukraine where I rapped about Ukraine. <laughs> And dude, that one was over. That got tens of millions of views on on um, on uh, uh, Twitter, and that was the one that like put me on all the shows. Everybody, you know, because the curtain had been revealed that my that the one was fake. The the what you call it? The one where I was a vaccination rat. The, that that yeah. kind of put me on the map. That oh, this guy trolls these meetings. But it was the freaking Ukraine one where people were like, oh my gosh. They fell for that one the most. You know, people on the left are like, oh, this is so good. Gas price is way too high. Vladimir Putin needs to die. Like, he got shared by <laughs> yes, rappers. Shaquille O'Neal shared it. D.L. Hughley. All these really big people. Because they, because it was just, wow. it's just parroting the mainstream crap, you know? So they believe yeah. it's real. They're like, oh, this guy's so well, that's, funny. That's so brilliant. That's what's so brilliant about what you do is that you're just, you're just, you know, you, you've hit on something here. And I, I'm just astonished that uh, the great thing about watching these videos when you go to the, to the school of these counties of the school boards and the board of supervisors, board, city council, board, parks and yeah, rec. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a public meeting. Wherever you, be on the wherever lookout. you go, it's, it's incredible. Wherever you go, it's astonishing where most of the time it's a deadpan. At least we're, I'm not seeing their faces, but there's no response usually. Once in a while we'll say, oh, how long are we going to let this go on? But most of the time they sit there, no matter how outrageous you are, Okay, thank you, Alex. Next person, it's like it's, a, it's they have no. Do they ever talk to you afterwards or say anything to you? No, and they should. They should be reaching out and seeing seeing if I need a fifty one fifty medical, uh, you know, to put me in a loony bin is what they need to be doing. Yeah, I'm big, but seriously, this just shows you what I've noticed. There's a theme at every single one of these meetings. It doesn't matter how small the town is. And as a matter of fact, the smaller the town, the more self-congratulatory and self-importance they think they are. All these people think because they won a little city council member race that they're like, the you know, Donald Trump or they're the, you know, Joe Biden. <laughs> they think all of a sudden that they just their ego is just so inflated. And as a matter of fact, you can tell by the energy in the room. It's so negative. Anybody that's speaking like it's just all the energy is out in the room. Everybody's just like trying to give you this like death stare. So. This is happening at small meetings. And these are the people that vote on like sidewalk encampments and little stuff, you know, not even that big a deal. Oh, 
oh, should we make it six feet from the edge of the highway? You know, it's a little stupid stuff they vote for. But these people are think that they are like literally the king of Mesquite, Texas. So they think they're the queen of Duncanville, Texas. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, so it's easy because they take themselves so ultra seriously, ultra so ultra serious. It's easy to mock them or troll them by just being goofy in a serious setting. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's, and that's what's great about you is that you're using comedy has always been a vehicle for uh, you know for going back to Lenny Bruce, George Carlin. I mean, these people, these are you know SCTV, my favorite show, which I don't think you could do now because you're. Pro- I keep saying that the the situation is so crazy. How do you how do you spoof it? How do you satirize? You know, people saying men can be pregnant, but you manage to do it. You do you really, and you do it by just acting like them and and doing it in front of them. And and they're usually clueless where they just sit there and let you do it. It's like I'm surprised they don't sick the police on you like they do the angry parents. Yeah, you know that's another thing is I'm surprised the police have. Well, they I mean I've been escorted out by the cops sometimes for just kind of talking over my time. But I noticed that at the school boards, those are where they're the real strictest. And I've spoken a few. I need to speak at more to be more combative. But it's like, you know, these school boards, these teachers, the, the, the he doth protest too much. The fact that they're so worried about people speaking at their meetings and kicking them out, that should be a big clue that we need to speak there more. Like, like that's why these city council members, are, it's like in a big city of Dallas, they're not too affected because they have big issues, right? So, you know, I'm kind of small potatoes, a guy acting like a goofball. But these school boards that they know they're doing bad stuff, they're doing the social emotional learning, they're doing the CRT, they're doing like, you know, the sexual grooming, they're doing all this weird stuff. Those are the ones that give the most kickback. And, and you always see like they go viral of the cops escorting people out because it seems like they're the most guilty, in my opinion. And this is a person, me, I'm basically like a comedic lobbyist. I have a very good, I got my finger on the pulse of public meetings, right? So I you know, do. I'm saying, so I know like the way that the, the board holds itself. A guilty board is the one that's like, oh, I'm so scared of people coming and talk. But like I go and I talk to Hollyville. I talk to some of these small towns. They some people love when I'm there because they're not doing anything weird or illegal or anything that they're afraid of getting attention brought on. So that should be for the people watching this. If you're like, oh, you know, do I want to go speak? I encourage everybody to go speak because once just having eyeballs in the room, it puts pressure on these people to act better or to make decisions like, oh, well, there's a chance somebody come to a meeting and call me out. Yeah, and it's and it's been, and I I don't want to bring us down a little bit, but I you know uh, Alex Jones uh, the other day I don't know if you heard it, he was he talked about you briefly and he said uh, that and I've noticed that too that you seem to really be so driven and there's such a you know you're such a passion behind this and I think you know he won and I you know what happened to you, you know, with your mother yes and yes. I wonder if you, you have and I as you know I had a similar experience it sounds like it's very similar where you know basically. The well, for the people, them. yeah, for the people that don't know, with my mom. Uh, so, where do you stream this? You can only say so much. You're not on. Are you on YouTube, Don? No, uh, YouTube. I've got two strikes against me. I doubt it'll make it there. So, no. well, this is going to be the third one. We can't say too much. But what I'm telling <laughs> that's true. You, yeah, yeah. I, I, we can only say so much. But yes, my mom yeah. was given remdesivir without me saying. Yes. And five me too. days later, five days later, she her lungs filled up with the fluid, and they told me right to my face, "Oh, we're not going to give your mom that." My mom's lung scans yes. weren't even that bad. She had shortness of breath, but my mom was a smoker. I mean, my mom was overweight. Of course, she was not in the best of health. But it, she went from zero to a thousand in in the matter of five days, where she was talking to me, and then she couldn't talk, and she was on she was so yes. over medicated with anti anxiety medicine and pain pills. It's like it was a literally it was a public euthanization. 
And so, yeah, Alex Jones is right. My mom is a huge motivator because I think about these meetings and if I ever feel nervous, I can just think about that time I was holding my mom's arm and she, you know, watching her die in my arms. Yeah. And I can just think back to that time, like nothing will be ever as bad as that. So me, it, it takes away a lot of the fear. So it's not a good thing at all. I'm like, gosh, I would trade everything that I, I've had to have my mom back. But mm -hmm. I've walked through the shadow of the valley of death, as they say. Yeah. And um, so I'm not yes. afraid anymore. There's nothing that I can be afraid. As a matter of fact, I actually have a lot of guilt. I wish I would have, I couldn't have attacked the doctor. But when the doctor told me, oh, I'm not going to give you her mom remdesivir, I wish yeah. I just would have been, I mean, I was, I took his word for it. I didn't ask him every day, is she on remdesivir? So for the next five days, I just imagined that she wasn't. I thought things were getting worse. I'm just saying I should have been more proactive. I, th I took his word for it and I yeah. shouldn't have. That's the biggest mistake and guilt that I feel. Um, with the whole thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm driven because it also showed me that life is short, that we're all going to be dead and gone. And that yeah. you can literally, you're here one minute gone the next. So I, it did, it did put me in a hurry to try to at least, listen, I can't save my mom and I'm not even trying to virtue signal. I don't even think I can save anybody's no, life. Yeah. But, but what I want to do is I want to try to at least open people's eyes to what's yes. going on and let them make the decision. Like if you right. want to get vaccinated, go ahead, get vaccinated. I don't care if you think that's the best. I don't even want to convince yeah. you not that's to. That's what I say too. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that convinced you not to. I just want you to look into it and do a lit, you know, five seconds of research instead of because some celebrity said, Oh, this is the best thing ever. You know, don't just follow yeah, yeah. the leader. Like some take some sort of like they, like at Brian Seltzer did this whole thing about disinformation where they said, looking into it, do your own research is like the, one of the worst phrases possible. No, we should all be doing our own research. Like that's the, what yeah. they don't want us to do. Watch what they fear. And that's why they, they fear all they, they fear. They, and I tell people all the time, you know, when they came for Alex Jones originally and they deplatformed him, oh, so many people hate him and everything. They said, look, this is, it, it, don't think they're going to stop and that all the big YouTube channels, they get rid of all the big platforms I used to have, SGT Report and uh, Dustin Nemos, people like that that had hundreds of thousands of followers, all gone. SGT One fell swoop. great. But, but SGT, they lasted a lot yeah, longer was on their than Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, but they lasted a lot longer. But, yeah, no, it's yes. ridiculous. Yeah. They did. Well, they went, into, they went into the biggest name first. They went after Alex Jones, and eventually they got to those guys. And eventually they're going to come for everybody. Eventually, gonna, I mean, I've got two strikes on me now on YouTube. And, uh, you know, people need to fear that because uh, it's not just about them. And what's the old expression, you know, from the from back in the old days, you know, the first they came for the Jews and they came for the communists. The left used to talk about that. That analogy applies now. So they're, they're eventually going to come after podcasters. If you get big enough, they're going to say, Alex, Alex Steiner, you know, we got to stop this guy. So we have to stop the censor. But what do you think about, you know, Tony and I were talking about before the show. Now you have this absurd, I mean, could you get anything more Orwellian? Than this uh, disinformation governance board or whatever. If, if they're creating something, I mean, it's right out of 1984. It's literally out of George Orwell's uh, writings. Yeah. But this is the sad. This is the saddest part. Is people are like, oh well, Elon Musk is now our you know savior. He's going to give us freedom of speech. But right. then they immediately create this Ministry of Truth, basically that they said that they've been you know that's been months in in, in the yes. making. So they were they were putting this thing together before he got it. So it's like yeah. they give us an inch, but I believe they'll take a mile. And I think the censorship, I would not be surprised if it got ramped up, if it got worse. I think that's a very strong possibility, sadly, is like they give us the impression, oh, we can speak freely. 
and then they become even more punitive and even more litigious on accounts because that's what they don't want. Like you said, they got rid of Alex Jones, the big ones, the big ones, but they're also going after micro niche celebrities because they don't even yeah. like them to have influences. I think it was Barack oh. Obama talking. Well, Barack Obama said, oh, you know, uh, four out of five Americans are vaccinated and that's still not enough. Like <laughs> that's 80 percent. I mean, give us a break. I mean, you're doing pretty good if that is the real yeah. number. But it's never enough yeah. for these people. That's why they have to censor even the small people that are speaking truth. Nobody can speak truth in this new uh, that's day. Right. That's that's right. And they're coming. They're going to come after Substack. I write regularly at Substack. You know, Glenn Greenwald's the big guy there. They don't. They hate that. They hate the idea that people, somebody like the Alex Stein, can come out and decide. Okay, I've got a comedy bit here to do. I'm going to channel, I mean, you know, Howard Stern on steroids when he was in his prime. Uh, political now stuff. he sucks. Dude, I love oh, Howard Stern. So, John, oh, John you must have loved him, too. He was oh, the I best. Did. Yes, he's horrible now. He's, he's Well, he's, you know, he's become, he's he's got the Woody. I always say, you know, that I, I have a neurotic Jew personality where I, I should go see a therapist every day, really. But Howard Stern does do it. He goes, he goes three times a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's he know he's messed up. He's a germaphobe. It's a stereotype, but I I don't know. But it's a shame because I don't. You can't do comedy like that. He's, he's a joke now. But when he was in his prime, he'd send out stuttering John and things like that. And that's basically what you're doing. A much, you know, something I can see stuttering John, but he was capable of doing that. But that's the thing. It's Dude, trying but to it's, it's, people. Gone. I had to cut you off. You got to watch Stuttering John now. He sucks too. Stuttering John. Oh, he's, uh, he's hard. He is. He's my friend on Facebook, and God, he just. And the thing about it is, it's so sad with him. He's lost all his audience. So when he when he says something stupid like about Trump or the vaccines or something, everybody like he gets uh, every every comment is negative and calling him what a shill he is and how terrible you are and all that stuff. So, so he, he lost whatever he had, whatever fame he had. And it's, oh, it's dude, he lost it big time. And now like he, he's just the way he drinks too on his stream constantly. It's really sad. Like this guy was, had a house in California as the announcer on, yeah. on Jay Leno's tonight yes. show. And, and yeah. that's another thing is now I like Jay Leno. I used to be under the impression that Jay Leno wasn't cool because Howard Stern used to bash him. But if you talk about any ex-employees of Jay Leno's, they say he's nice. Even, even Stuttering John talks about how nice Jay Leno is to him now. And everybody that worked for Howard Stern, Scott the Engineer, people were for him for years, all mm -hmm. get kicked to the curb like garbage. So it just shows you, you know, their personality of how they handled their close, you know, employees or friends. That is a big indication of whether you're a garbage person or not. And it looks like yeah. Howard, just comparing apples to apples, is a much worse and in, inconsiderate person compared to Jay Leno. No, it is. And that's why it, – but it's it's so important. I don't know how you do comedy now. You know, one of my uh, friends, he's on rockfin.com, Sam Tripoli. And I've heard Sam Tripoli. Now. He's, I'm very he's a comedian. He's got a, Sam. Yes, I'm very close Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, so he's – you know, I, yeah, he's been on my show. I've been on his show. He's he's maybe the star of Rockfin, where this is the main thing this is streamed from. But uh, I, I said I don't know how you do comedy. How do you do? I don't know how you would be because I had aspirations when I was young. I went to open mic nights, but how do you do it when there's so many things you can't say? I mean, how many jokes can you do about Trump? I mean, how do these late night hosts even have a show? I don't know how they do it. 
Well, James Corden is just giving up his after eight years. But this is the thing is I actually, and I'm not trying to say this to be annoying. This is why I disagree with you, Don, is because in this day and age of intersectionality, where all comedy is about checking a box and making sure the lead is a gay Latino actress, it's leaving a huge <laughs> void in comedy. And so if you're just like, hey, Don, you're a young man. You remember the 90s like it was yesterday, I'm sure. And you know that there was not that long ago where you could be politically incorrect. You, you know what I'm talking about, Don? <laughs> I'm serious. So, you know, the 90s, you could pretty much say yes, whatever exactly. you wanted. That was not that long ago. Yes. But yes. now we, I'm just oh, saying. That's right. Now, that's right. And, and, and it's, it's. Well, I'm saying the Howard Stern guy we're talking. Well, you're Phil. You're, I want to say this point. The Howard Stern guy we're talking yeah. about from the 90s, dude, that guy, he said the N word like crazy. I'm not saying you should say the N word. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying Howard yes, Stern yes. would say it all the time and do stuff now. If he did today, he would yes. be canceled oh, in yes. two seconds. So because there's nobody doing yes, it, Don, I think there's a little bit of a void for people like me and people like Sam. There, well, there, there is. Yeah, and that's what I said. But you have to do it the way you're doing it. You know, you have to take advantage of this as long as they let us keep, as long as they don't shut the internet. Because you're, you're doing exactly what you can do. You're not going to get, you know, any high-paid probably stand-up acts in any, you know, reputable place and doing what you're doing. But you're doing the kind of comedy. And that's great because you and, and your, your, your buddy uh, Cassidy, Cassidy Campbell, who's, you know, yeah. What he does the the wigger thing and all this stuff. I mean, that's hilarious stuff. But he's like, I got my twelve kids and everything. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> he's two percent that, black. Yes, that's right. And they're they're because all all comedy is based on uh, saying the truth that nobody else is saying for some reason. You know, pointing out something that's obvious that people are scared to say or maybe thought of. And when you can't do that comedy's dead so you're right you're and that's why i think you're becoming so popular because people want something to laugh at you know they yeah, want they, comedy they want something with a little edge to it and you know it is a delicate line of being sarcastic where you don't get totally kicked off the internet you're so right like as long as i don't get deplatformed too fast i'll be able to gain a following because of that void because i can go up there and i can literally just put a mirror to the absurdities that are now normalized in our society like, like D Magazine just did, that's a local magazine here in Dallas, and they just wrote like a hit piece, but they really didn't have anything bad to say because I don't have really a criminal history or anything. They, they went and even called my ex-girlfriends. They didn't say anything bad. But in the article, the one thing that I didn't even read the whole thing, I stopped reading after I read and then like the second paragraph, they called me a transphobe. And I'm like, listen, I have nothing against a trans person or transgender. Honestly, if you want to wear a dress and you're an adult, that's great. <laughs> But I do have an issue with nine-year-olds being on gender reassignment hormones or gender reassignment therapy, and, and they say that it's reversible. It's not. There's all these horror stories of people that quit their hormones at 17, and they still have the genitals of an 11-year-old or 12-year-old. And there's a saying, right. having a trans kid is like having a vegan cat. It's the parent making the decision. It's not the cat or the kid. Yes, so it, it's exactly. Just, yes. It's just well, well, and 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 Don. The reason why I know this is a big deal is because Cassidy and I we do a bit where we go knock on people's doors as if we're a Beto supporter, and we ask them, "Hey, you know, do you realize that Beto is going to protect nine-year-olds and let them get a gender reassignment surgery without their parents' notification or parents' you know authorization?" <laughs> yeah. People yeah. are like, "Wait, no, that sounds kind of bad," and we're like, "No, no, no, this is part of it. This is good." And so it's yeah. it's even people that consider themselves liberal and socially progressive. They don't want to go that progressive. You know, there are limits to this. It's called the Overton window. And, and mm -hmm. Elon Musk tweeted out a good picture of it, talking about how, you know, just a few years ago, 
what would be considered in the middle now, you're considered alt-right. You're considered mm. like, you know, uh, a January 6th insurrectionist if you don't think, like Bill Maher is as left as it gets. And he said, oh, maybe we shouldn't give gender reassignment to nine-year-olds. And they right. went after him for that. So that's where yes. we're at, Don. Yeah, we are. And, and you're right. And, and you, hopefully people reach a saturation level, but I don't know. I don't know how you can have when, when, when you literally have people seriously telling you that men can have babies and, and doctors you know, are being canceled for saying, for daring to suggest otherwise. And they still, and they're still screaming science at us. I mean, how, you know, there's obviously a lot of comedic, you know, potential there. And I hope you, I hope you go after that, but you must never run out of ideas because of this madness that's all around us. Yeah, I mean, Don, I'm a hack comedian. I'm literally just using the same stuff that you're going to see when Brian Stelter says it or Don Lamont. I mean, Don Lamont <laughs> says that white supremacy is one of the biggest problems in America, and he's married to a white guy. He's married to a white guy. So, I mean, it's just all, yeah. all you have to do is if you can just be a hypocrite in a public f format, people laugh at that. They're like, wait, what? What? You know, it's just, it's just it's, it doesn't take much. And sadly, I talk about this all the time, but what happened was is is uh, A and W root beer. They were in the hot dogs and hamburger business, and they still are. But they were actually one of the first fast food establishments ever. And in the eighties and nineties, they got surpassed by McDonald's. They got crushed, and McDonald's became number one. And they did this. You can look this up. And even on their website, they like try to justify it by saying humans weren't that stupid. They just asked the question wrong. But basically, they did a nationwide market research study. You know, like at a malls where they you know here's a free coupon if you answer these questions. And they asked people a simple question, what they thought was a better value. The quarter pounder burger, you know, one fourth for uh, $4.99 or a third pound burger, one third for like basically the same price, like $4.89. Overwhelmingly, <laughs> everybody picked one fourth because they thought one fourth was bigger than one third because they thought four is bigger <laughs> than three. So that, yeah, and that, yeah. was, that was overwhelming, overwhelmingly. And this is a simple fraction. I get it. Like maybe if you really looked and focused and people actually use their brain, obviously they're filming out, they're filling this out fast and they're trying to get a free coupon. Yeah. So that's how you could say it was wrong. I think that's what A&W says now, because so many people have used this in their social, you know, sociology. I learned it in my sociology class, this, this survey, because they use it as an example of how dumb Americans are. And Americans are just <laughs> as dumb as everybody else. We can't do yeah. a simple fraction. And that's because we're under so much stress from work, from our bills, from our family, from our wives, our girlfriends, that people are just dumbed down. You know, they don't even want to use their brain because they're so busy using it to solve all the bad problems in their life or they're full of so much. And I have insecurities myself, but because they're depressed, because they're, there's so many different excuses for us not to turn on the part of our brain. We have a beta brain and an alpha brain, like our brain operate in different wavelengths. And so people want to stay in that alpha wave where you kind of just watch TV and you kind of zone out. But we need to break people out of that, get them into the beta waves, the B format, where we turn our brain on. Like what we're having right now, we're having a conversation. We're having thinking answers. People don't want to do that. They want to literally what we call veg out and just, oh, Dr. Fauci said to do it. I'll do it. So we got to break people out of that spell. That's what I'm trying to do. Is literally done. I'm not even trying to ask people to agree with me. Like I go on debates and stuff. I don't. I don't even want you to agree with me. I just want you to turn on the part of your brain that you have kept off, and then you make the decision on your own. And then that karma is all on you. Instead of me being like, "Don't get it. Do get it." I don't want that karma on me. I want you making your own decision. I just want you to actually think about it. Think about two plus two equals four, and don't just let them tell you two plus two equals five. Right, right, and you again. You're, what you're doing is uh, 
you're filling a void, like we said, and you're using comedy. You're pointing out all these things that, uh, you know, you couldn't do it in, in, in the same kind of way. I mean, people like me, I'm writing about this stuff all the time, and I try to use some humor, but you can't top having you or Cassidy Campbell, something like it, getting dressed in an outfit and come and just portraying, you know, the extreme of this craziness that we're, you know, and just showing how ridiculous it is and also being trying to be real convincing while doing it. And that the fact that any of these people don't see through it, I mean, I'm sure some of them do, I guess, but they don't, do you see, I, I noticed one of your great videos, there's a black guy behind you, or maybe it's Cassidy Campbell's laughing the entire time. I mean, he's so amused, but I think it was Cassidy Campbell's thing with his twelve. Yeah, that's Cassidy. Yeah, that's and he gets it, but a black woman next to him. Well, dude, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, ahead, and, and that, it's funny because you know they try to divide us. They try to divide us by black and white, but really, black people are pretty laid back. Like, on, I'm just trying to say, like, there isn't as much racism as the mainstream media will tell you. No, and, like, even no. the bit where Cass. Well, I'm saying, well, my point being is when Cassidy plays that that wankster character. Black people love it more than white people. They think it's yes. so funny. So, yes, so it's yes. not like like but but these liberal leftists would be like, oh, that's based in racism. It's like yes. hey, have a sense of humor. We can have a yes. sense of humor. We can poke fun at things without it. And, and that's another thing is I don't even want to be mean. I don't like if somebody's a different opinion and I'm trolling, that's a thing I do. If I want to be mean to anybody, it's the politicians that aren't paying attention. But even them. You know, I'm only mean if they try to change the rules of the meeting so where I can't speak. If they're actually, uh, you know, uh, pro professional to me, I want to be professional back. Like, I don't really want to take, as the, the European or the English people say, take the piss out of somebody. I don't really want to take the piss out of somebody. I want to make them laugh, too. I want everybody <laughs> to be laughing and have a good time instead of being ultra serious. Oh, and you, you have lots of people in the chat. Uh, uh, Leonard uh, Trust Fund says, thank you for being you, Alex Stein. Uh, lots of people, obviously you have lots of fans here and uh, Chris Graves has said some great stuff about you in here. But uh, yeah, your, are your things are exploding are on, are all on, over the- Are we on Rockfin right now? Rockfin. I love Rockfin. Yeah, Rockfin yeah, right now. Rockfin as well. Yeah, Rockfin's a great place. Oh, great, yeah. We were on Rockfin and uh, we're supposed to be on my YouTube but they have two strikes and I wasn't even thinking when we were talking about your mom, my brother. So, you know, that's probably three yeah, strikes. I would not. Yeah, I do not put us on YouTube. <laughs> See, that's the other thing is that people, I just signed a contributorship with The Blaze. And people are like, oh, well, you're not going to be able to speak freely now that you're at The Blaze. Listen, I can't speak freely on YouTube. I can't speak freely on Twitter. I can't speak freely on Instagram. That video yeah. from my speech with Alex Jones about my mom, they took that down for misinformation and gave me a strike on Instagram. They take, they shut yeah. me down on Facebook, right? They put me in Facebook jail. So, as a matter of fact, the blaze will encourage me to speak freely. It's just, it's the technocracy that you can't speak freely. It's the minister of truth where you can't speak well, freely. So, it's, that's what I try to get people to Well, have, to have, you, have, you tr have you tried to test the new Twitter yet? I mean, I, you know, I'm tempted to just go in and start typing Pizzagate and Sandy Hook and stuff and see what happens. But uh, so far, a lot of people claim their accounts have been restored there. Yeah, well, Sarah Gonzalez, you need to follow her. She's I co-host her show with her on Fridays. I'm always on her show, and she's mm -hmm. awesome. She's like a badass. She's awake to all this bullcrap, and she's gone on like a Twitter tirade where she's saying like men are men and women are you know <laughs> men have penises or what is it boys have penises yeah, yeah, and girls yeah, have vagina yeah. just simple stuff and and people are sending her death threats but they're letting it stay up. But I am yeah. such a I hate to say this like people are like oh Alex you're fearless. I'm actually very afraid. I've gotten so many strikes on YouTube and, you know, this and that where I've had them yeah. to, you have to wait 90 days for them to go down. 
I'm not afraid of like a man hurting me, but I am afraid of these artificial intelligence algorithms that just give you a strike because you say remdesivir or you say hydroxychloroquine. So, so I actually do live in fear of, of any moment my account getting taken. That's the one thing I fear. I'm like, Oh great. Now my account gets taken down. If that happens, you just go on. I mean, I'll just have to go about my business, but it just sucks that at any moment I have a little doubt in my head, like, Oh, this can be taken from me like that, like the snap of somebody's fingers. So yeah, I'm 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 a little nervous to totally push the limits because, like I was saying earlier, I think it's a bit of a psychological operation where they say, "Oh, now you have free speech." Yet we've never had yeah. free speech. Like you, right. you know, it's just very easily they ah, trick us. Yeah. They're almost tricking us, like like January sixth. Yeah, Dude, yeah, that's, that's what you psychological operation. All those people were the biggest pay. Absolutely, I mean that it's you know, and I. You know, people, I've gotten many debates about Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm aware of Elon Musk's past. I, I've seen the picture of him with Delane Maxwell. And I know he wants to put chips in it or whatever, but if he, if he brings, I say, how can he make Twitter any worse? I don't know how it's possible. So if he brings free speech there, you know, he lets people tweet. And uh, that's a good thing if we have one platform where we don't have to worry about getting canceled. Yeah, maybe there's something hidden there. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I, what are you? what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, this is my problem, though, is uh, with Elon Musk, is he wants to put a neural link in people's brains. Yes, yes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah. So, so I don't necessarily trust him. Uh, yeah. I got to put it back in my head. I don't necessarily trust the guy that wants to be able to park your car with a brain implant. <laughs> so, I, of course, I like Elon Musk more than I like whoever the heck else is running the show. But I don't trust Elon Musk as far as I can throw him either, really. No, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, we're, we're you know, the way the system is uh, – it's we're, we're relegated to rooting for hoping for an eccentric billionaire that'll do something good. You know, we had Trump, we had Ross Perot way back in the day. Now we got the, you know, because the system's closed to everybody else. You got to be a billionaire to even have any power in it. Well, Don, you nailed it. That's the biggest problem is the fact that, that, uh, oh, oh, I did, uh, the mayor of, of, of Malibu is calling me. Hold on. I got to answer this. Just stand the line. Hey, Hey, okay, Paul, we'll stand the line. Okay. Can I, can I call you in, in, in 10 minutes? Can I call you in 10 minutes? I'm on a line. I'll call you right back. I'm, I'm happy you called me. I'll call you right back. Okay, uh, sorry. Sorry. That's, that's the mayor of Malibu, <laughs> California. That's the life of a genuine guy. celebrity, ladies and gentlemen. They're Alex Stein. They're putting a mayor on hold. No, well, the thing is, he actually is um, a little bit about Paul Grisanti. So I've been calling into the Malibu City Council, and that started off as a troll. But then it became a serious thing where I was basically calling in because what happens is in Malibu, California, they don't vote for the mayor. They have uh, uh, city council members. And how it works is they let the council member with the most votes be mayor. And then they let the council member with the next amount of votes be the next mayor. And they, they change it every nine months. So basically trying to get it where, you know, every council member has a popular council member will get a chance to be the mayor. It's more of a ceremonial position. Well, this guy, Bruce Silverstein, he got the most votes in the most recent election. But the city manager and him had a beef. He had sent her some rude emails that, you know, go figure, they might not have been that nice. But she tried to meet to him and say they were based in misogyny and all this stuff. And they did an investigation. They proved that, no, it wasn't. He was literally just trying to do his job as a council member, trying to get something done. Like, I guess it, it was like a serious subject. They had some wildfires and the way she handled the wildfires. He was like rude to her. But he wasn't even that unprofessional. The guy's an attorney. Like, he, you know, he towed the line. She didn't like that. So they did the investigation, and even though he was, you know, came out clean on the other end, and she ended up leaving the city, the other council members, because it caused such a big stir, 
they didn't let him be the uh, mayor. They didn't vote for him, like all the council members vote. What happened was is this guy, Paul Grisanti, who was already the mayor, this guy, this, it's kind of confusing, but another guy, Steve Uring, who didn't, who was a very, is well-liked, even though he's kind of more conservative than the other people, they said, oh, well, we'll make Steve the mayor because, like, he didn't have anything to do with it. Well, this Steve Uring guy actually has some class and integrity. He said, hey, I'm not going to take the mayor. It's Bruce's turn to be the mayor. He should be it. I'm not going to take it and be the ceremonial mayor when it's not my turn. I didn't earn it. And this other guy, Paul Crisanti, who I tease and I troll so much, he voted himself the mayor. They're like, well, the other council members knew they didn't want to make themselves the mayors either because they knew the people in the city would be like, whoever makes themselves the mayor is kind of a jerk. And so this one guy, Paul, decided to do it. So now I troll this Paul guy calling every other Monday to this meeting. And I troll it and I share it on the internet and they know exactly who I am. They watch the Tucker stuff. But because they, you know, I technically I work in all these places. If you work in a city, you can speak at the council. That's why people don't realize. And me being a digital media, uh, you know, uh, media influencer, I work in every city. So it's a little bit of a, they can't really say much to stop <laughs> me from uh, speaking at this meeting. And they know. So. This Paul guy, he actually, the other night, I gave him the business pretty bad, and, and he was actually pretty nice about it. So I sent him a message like, man, I've been crushing you, Paul. I just, want to, I just want to applaud you. You take it very well. A lot of these other councils, I give them the business like this, and they you know, get up in arms. I have to admit, Paul, I didn't like you at first, but I'm starting to come around to you. And, and you know, if you ever want to talk, I'll, you know, I, I'll listen to you. And he sent me an email back saying, oh, yeah, I would like to have a conversation with you. And so that's that's him calling me. You know, he was planning on calling me. Today. Well, you, I, and I, I know you're you're on your way to it. And so just let me know. What, give me a, you know, a couple no, minutes. No, like 10 we're... minutes. So in 10 minutes, I'll be done. And then that's an hour long, almost an hour interview. But I'll try to hop on next Friday with Cassidy because I'm sure yeah, we'll, we'll be filming that... something. Well, tell me, because you, you're, you're going, you're doing what you do best. You and Cassidy are going today. You're going to some kind of trans event. Uh, I've seen you did something like that before, but or no, maybe it was Owen Shore that. Uh, no, that, that was me. I, I was at a was same, okay. I was at a trans rally for Jeff Younger, who's running for Congress. Who, who's, he's, he has two twin boys. One of his <laughs> nine-year-old, his wife is transitioning the nine-year-old to be yeah. a girl and is on hormone replacement therapy and <sighs> about to have gender reassignment surgery. So all these trans activists spoke out of this, this thing, speaking out against him. And so I brought my camera. I went and filmed there and I got mobbed. I mean, it was literally like demons coming after me. And I'm not trying to call people demons, but they're just so full of hate and anger. And they really wanted to kill me. And so I'm really dumb because now I'm actually going to another event there right now. I'm meeting Cassidy and we're meeting two cameramen and we're going to go um. there and I'm, and I'm going to put on my women's bathing suit. And I'm going to go try to interview people and see what they say. So I'm probably going to get crushed. You know, they're probably going to throw a milkshake on me. Who knows what the heck? They're going to call me fat. They're going to call me transphobe. They're going to call me every mean thing, which I'm okay with. Um, but it's just a little stressful. I was trying to get ready before this interview to get all my stuff loaded up in the car. I got the woman's bathing suit. And I'm just oh, like, I, I, well, I'm excited to do it, but there's still a little anxiety. You know, it's like you just don't know what's going to happen. These people are like, literally uh and when i was in college that's the wildest i was when i was that's yeah. when i drank that's when i fist fought that's when i just didn't you know you don't really know the 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 repercussions of your actions you know you don't yeah, know the consequences yeah. and so that's why i'm a little nervous me as a guy in my 30s going to hang out with a bunch of you know college kids that hate me already they've already yeah. been sending messages oh uh uh, operative, conservative, operative, GOP operative. Uh, Alex Stein will so be do you, there. 
So you don't have anybody there at, at these events that get you or think it's great or laughing at you or on your side or it's just hostile? It's mostly... Well, I mean, at the trans rally, I brought a friend. That's the only one that was on my side. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm going into the, the lions, yeah. they say, you know. I'm not, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, uh, there's no Alex Stein fan club at the trans rally, unfortunately. I wish well, there yeah. was. And that's another thing. It's like I said this earlier. I'm not even anti-trans. I'm just right. talking about the legislation. And you got guys like Beto that's wearing a shirt that says protect trans kids. That, that actually, if you look at the transgender stats, it's one-tenth of one percent. So you have 99.8% of people had to capitulate. And like Leah Thomas, who was on the men's team for three years, was yes. ranked 457th and then goes to the women's team and wins multiple NCAA championships. That's unfair. That's against women's rights. That's a, so that I just want to call attention to. You know, that's all well, I'm trying and, to do. And I, I hope you will use more because I've tried to point this out because what this transgenderism thing, I don't even understand it. Because it contradicts feminism, including conscious feminism, which has done a lot of damage. So if you can figure out a way to comedically do that to say that, you know, any basically any guy can suddenly say he's a woman and can have a baby and has full choice. So shouldn't every guy theoretically, uh, if he gets a girl pregnant, he can suddenly say he's a woman and that he it's, it's uh, his body, his choice. I mean, there's so many possibilities there that contradict they somehow they're juggling in the line where they still want to act like toxic feminists, but they still say men can have babies. How? I mean, I think you guys can find all kinds of common gold in that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you're saying earlier, we're just mining the, the absurdity of the world. But you Google, can a man have a baby? Yeah. It says yes. So that's where yes. we're at, John. I mean, they really, they really want to trick people into thinking men can have babies. When they have, there's a bunch of TikTok videos that go viral where men are talking about how they can have their period now. Yes. So these are these are things yes. that are that, that these people that want to trust the science. Yeah. They don't even understand the science of a woman's period yes. or ovary. Exactly. It's very sad. I mean, yeah. very hypocritical. Trust the science. I know it's 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 absolutely hilarious when they the most. They, I guess biology isn't a science anymore. I don't know, but I mean, there's. Again, if there if we had somebody like Magic well, Jordan, Kentaji Brown Jackson, yes, yes, <laughs> couldn't couldn't define a woman. Well, yeah. I'm saying, guys, I'm in the car, so I'm starting to lose you. Uh, I'm, I have oh, a terrible okay. service. I'm out in the country of Denton right now. But well, you do yeah, great. This yeah, what well, I want to say before we go. Yeah, I appreciate it. But but Kentaji Brown Jackson, when they asked her to define a woman, she says, "Oh, I can't. I'm not a biologist." So they admit that their biology determines what a man and woman is, but they don't even use the same science that they worship. Their Dr. Fauci very quickly could tell you the difference between a man and a woman. But if he did, they would cancel him and call him a bigot and a Nazi. Absolutely. Well, I understand you got to go. And I, I appreciate you making the effort to do it while you're driving. It's fantastic. And, and you know, I love your work. We'll My do son it again, Don. We'll do it. Yes. I'll come. I'll come by Let's, next week when I'm not going to the trans rally. Like I said, this was a last minute thing. I know I, I said I was going to come on the show, but I didn't even know about this till about midnight last night. I saw it on Twitter. So this is a last minute thing, but be on the lookout uh, for the footage. It's going to be insane. And, and pray for me. Wish me luck. We will do that. What's your, where can people find you again? I'm sure they already know, but if you want to give your promo out. I'm on Rockfin. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. If you can't find me, you ain't looking. I'm everywhere. I'm fully wide open. Like I said, if you can't find me, you don't know how to type in the search engine. Thank, thank you so much. Alex Stein, Primetime99. Great. Doing great work. Good luck. Stay safe. Hey, we'll be looking for the video. 
I'll talk to you next week, hopefully. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. Alex Stein, Prime Time 99, folks. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Tony, did you get a chance to listen? It was a great interview, Don. Lots of fun. (laughs) I didn't realize he was on Rockfin himself. That's so cool. Where all the talent is. All the talent. Yeah, it's all coming here. So I, I'm excited to be to be on here. And uh, I, uh, I I didn't have a, I typed out a thing I wanted to thank. Uh, we got a ten dollar tip from uh, thank him on here, but uh, yeah, faded reality. Jim Garrison, faded yeah. reality. Yeah, I think faded reality's done that before. Thank you so much, guys. Chris Grace, Jim Garrison. I love to see that Jim Garrison name <laughs> in the chat room, but. Uh, yeah, so hopefully you guys support what he's doing because it's uh, he does remind me. You know, obviously, I mean, it's not that Alex, I mean, that Howard Stern ever did any really political stuff, but he's using that kind of crazy, outrageous, especially ethnic humor. Because Howard Stern would always, I think, I remember the first time I saw him. There used to be a local show in Washington D.C. They later made a movie out of this guy, and uh, my wife can attest to this fact that uh, it's called Petey Green's Washington. And uh, Petey Green was this black activist, but he wasn't well known outside of D.C. But for some reason, uh, they gave him a show. It was called, and I just as a young guy that you know, I just uh, just admired that kind of humor. I found it to be incredibly funny. He probably wasn't trying to be funny, but he was hilarious. He would go on and talk about Marion Barry and stuff. He was really funny. So he had a young Howard Stern on one time. And Howard Stern came on there, you know, the huge afro, and he was he was carrying a boombox and doing the same kind of stuff you'll see Cassidy Campbell, who is his um, uh, partner in crime, that does all the time. But really hilarious stuff, and uh, so I think that that's great humor, and I, I, I admire the fact that that he's doing it. And I'm I'm amazed the guy came on the show and, and he uh, was able to you know to do that, coordinate that while he's driving around. So. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I thought, it was, I thought it was a pretty cool video, you know, of him driving around and, and uh, he's driving to the trans rally. So he's going to go back into the uh, the lion's den, as he said. So hopefully, I'm sure that'll be a great video. If you've seen his videos, I, I don't know. Are you familiar with him, um, Tony? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Funny guys. And, you know, the best comedy is always from the counterculture. You look back through yeah. history. Yeah. And now we, conservatives or just... <laughs> The yeah. center, sane people are yeah. the counterculture. So we, we yes. I guess I don't know how that happened, but somehow we're in the counterculture, and that's where all the yeah. all the all the life and the energy and and uh, the comedy are with the counterculture, and that's interesting yeah. Ended up. And that's what the woke left doesn't get that they're the establishment now. So back you know when I was a kid, uh, National Lampoon magazine was great. A lot of the big great people came back. Uh, Second City in Chicago, a lot of those people that ended up on Saturday Night Live and then later SCTV. The original Saturday Night Live cast is not ready for primetime players. Lucy and Dan Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, and Bill Murray, people like that. They were The entire thing was to poke fun at, at, at the establishment at that time, which was conservative. Cheech and Sean was poking fun at, you know, because the fact that everybody young was getting high and the establishment didn't get it, so they, they made movies out of it. And uh, George Carlin with the seven words you can't say on television, and uh, it was com- it was a golden age of comedy. And Richard Pryor, and uh, you know, it's but they were making fun of an establishment that was conservative at this at that time. Now 
you you have you what do you how, how do you continue to make jokes about Donald? There is no conservative establishment. There's no there's no conservative establishment. I mean, there needs to be some sort of census done. But I I would bet that there's no conservative Republicans in any leadership positions in any of the permanent state of the federal government anywhere. Yeah. So you're not represented. If you lean Christian to the right, if you consider yourself a Republican or conservative. There's no representation for you anywhere in the permanent state. No, no, not at all. It, it's, it's it's dominated by the left. I mean, the FBI, Don, is dominated yes, by the left. Yeah. I mean, they, they were just recently celebrate. They had a, like a day off to celebrate the nomination of the Supreme Court justice. And I'm like, is this a normal thing? No, it's because it's of the left. Well, I was getting in arguments on Twitter with uh, I'm trying to go to Twitter more now to, you know, to see if it really is free speech there. Uh, but uh, I'm trying, but uh, I need more of a following there. But oh, um, uh, by the way, I, I stream this your show out on my Twitter because I used to have like seven thousand followers. I used to. Have, oh, okay, to, okay. All my followers were were hard fought, real people. I I got that uh, through you know running for office years and years ago. Right, and right, my, right. My first radio show, and then at, over time, I've been so shadow banned, I stopped doing anything on it. But yeah, you're streaming right now on on at Tony Arterburn. So. Oh, I'll cool. just continue what? to do that until we get shut down. I thought, well, if oh, Elon's, <laughs> Elon's going to do something, but before he puts the neural link in my brain, he's going to let me yeah. have free speech. So let's <laughs> exactly. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy, enjoy it while you can. But uh, so I, I was getting an argument there with uh, people over uh, Disney, and you know they're they're arguing with me that it isn't corporate welfare, and again, it's because uh, that what they were getting was because Disney is exemplifies what you're talking about with. Uh, with any of these establishment, these corporations or FBI or anything like that, where now that they're woke, they're cool. So that if, if you're giving them favors like they were to Disney, it's not corporate welfare because they're woke. They're saying the right things. And so, and it's, again, the left is so hypocritical. And I, I, I argue with them and they just, they continue to say, how is it corporate welfare? I said, I, look, I, I know special deal. They kept saying special favors. I said, okay, special favors. Yeah. That's another word for it, but it's amazing. As long as they agree with you, then it's cool. I said, so you, you, these are you, you, the left used to rant about corporate welfare, but now that now the corporations are woke, they don't care. Well, I, so it's, it's it's weird, you know. Like you have people like Noam Chomsky, who you identify as like the the leader, intellectual leaders of the left, and then now Noam Chomsky has even drifted towards statism. He even said like, you should. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but that unvaccinated people don't deserve to like get access to food. <laughs> like, <it was> just, <laughs> I mean, and, uh, you know, we, the, the, uh, the writer and historian Howard Zinn, uh, he died, uh, I think back in 2010 or 11, it's, it's been a while. So, I mean, mm -hmm. we didn't get to see what he thought about all of this, but, uh, that was like the last, I mean, they, the, the left is the power structure. They don't have intellectual leaders. They just have all the power. They, uh, they do. And uh, the chat room, I'm sorry I missed a lot of these things, guys. Well, Alex was talking so much, I didn't want to interrupt him. And, uh, you know, he's just great. But I, a lot of praise in there for him. And uh, Luz Maria Comia I, it says, Alex, your videos are better for my depression than Prozac. I, I, I'm sure he's, he would appreciate that. And again, our friend Gammy, what an amazing segment. Great job, Don and Alex. Hello, Tony. Thank you, Gammy. Up, appreciate Gammy. your support. Uh, Jim Garrison, great chat. And uh, how do you, how, I know this. I, I know I, I know he means Owen Benjamin. I know I, I, I like yeah. Owen Benjamin. How do you feel about Owen Benjamin being taken off of Rockfin? What, what's you know the story I was behind not that? Aware. I was not aware of that. 
I don't like hearing that. How do you get taken off a of rockfin? What the? I mean, was he doing his? I don't. I don't really know Holocaust denial stuff or whatever. Because I know he's. He's. You know. He's. He's out there and he's. Uh, um. I know, I've not know, heard. I've not heard that. Um. So that's news okay. to me. Yeah. Where did you hear? Who said that? Uh. Tom Cooper. Tom Cooper. Where did you hear that? Maybe you can uh, elaborate. And Chris, Chris what did mm-hmm. Petey Green? <laughs> I mean, Tony. Five minutes. I talked about Petey Green and Howard Stern. Chris finds the link to it and puts it up there. <laughs> Chris Graves, you're amazing, man. I you you want to go and find somebody that could could pay you what you're worth because you 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 are incredible, man. I mean, that's uh, it, it was a public access show. Yeah, it looks like uh, Owen Benjamin's channel is uh, down to zero followers, so I guess he's... Yeah, Chris Gray said Owen, Owen, Owen got the boot, too. Does anybody know why? I mean, I thought Rockfin was, uh, you know, was open. You know, why would I want to think what, you know, what, what he would have done here? I mean, it, he, I thought the guy, I mean, I remember watching his videos on uh, a lot of flat earth stuff I know, but... He's a very talented guy. He's like a concert pianist. He would sometimes make these songs up and play piano. I mean, I admire talent, you know, people that can do that. And he was pretty funny and just, you know, kind of impressive guy. But uh, he would have videos from his. uh, He used to fill in on the fourth hour for Alex Jones on InfoWars. Yeah. Yeah. Long uh, time. And then (laughs) then one day he wasn't. And, you know, um, he left InfoWars and uh, did a couple of videos about how, how much he didn't like. Alex and, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and my friend Harrison Smith, he did a whole video on Harrison Smith. Really? Yeah. That, that was really, it was bizarre. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't know uh, on Benjamin, but, uh, it looks like he had a video on the 25th of April and it's titled, um, Rockfin plays Baal with, I mean, like the, the God Baal with its mm-hmm. future and sport. I don't know what that's about. So I don't know well, if you, there was bad mouthing Rockfin or something. Who knows? Uh, oh, but, well, yeah, well. Didn't know about yeah. that. Yeah, I said, well, apparently a couple of people did. So, uh, but yeah, this is you know, and that's why it's so important what some of the people like Alex Snyder are doing now because, uh, you know, with this, this I was so disturbed, Tony, to hear this uh, that this is a reality that they really did create. They're, they're, you know, I guess the Congress of authorized it or something. This, there's a, a, a mis- disinformation governance board. I mean, this is. Could you find something that is more Orwellian? That that is straight out of 1984. It's not, there's no filter. I mean, that's that's exactly what Orwell was talking about to the word. The good news is so there's some good news in this, and I think oh, yeah. uh, first of all, they're they're telling you out in the open, hey, we're we're the federal government. We're here to censor you. We have a yeah. narrative, right? Right. The other good news is that they have all this woke agenda. So instead of hiring the best people, they hire the first people, the first of something. Yeah. So that's wonderful because they got all these, they're going to, they, they can't wield the power that they have because they have incompetent people at almost every level. So I just say, keep stacking it. Just keep stacking the incompetent people. I don't even care. I don't want my government to work. I don't want anything to work anymore up there. Just, just let, let it be run by the hire the first person. Yeah. The person that identifies as, you know, <laughs> a pancake <laughs> and a can of peanut butter or whatever they are, just l- let them do whatever they got to do. And then they'll never be able to get anything accomplished because they'll just have all. Did you, what was the right. guy I got? I'm assuming a guy might have misgendered somebody, but there was somebody <laughs> that they hired recently, Don, that was um, he, he like had all this 
puppy play or something like he did weird S&M stuff with like dressing up as an animal. But they may, they put him in charge of nuclear energy. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Just, Is that the guy that wears the red dress and has the, yeah. has a red mustache and a head shape? Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. Just put everybody that just get the wokest, most like yeah. filled up. Per, I want I want person that's just, uh, you know, just saturated with prescription pills. Put them in charge yeah. of everything and just keep uh, yeah. stay away from the nukes. But put them yeah. in charge of everything else. And then, you know, fine, I'm fine with that. It's it's. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. I think that's the good news. Yeah, they're not going to stop with the censorship, and uh, you know that they, they, they have to censor. They they don't they can't win an argument. No, they can't. I mean, had and you know their their positions are so absurd. They're uh, the the general confidence level. I mean, how does like somebody like a Lori Lightfoot or people like that that are you know what's the old expression? Everyone rises to their uh, their own level of uh, incompetence or whatever. But she's you know risen as high as she's going to go. But Somebody like that can't possibly. How could she possibly debate anybody on the issues? You know, saying I, you know, I need to look good and have a haircut when she's shutting everybody else down and talking about. I mean, she kind of exemplifies it. You know, and of course, you know, in that ridiculous, of course, she's 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 walking the walk. I'll never that because she's in a marriage with a uh, <laughs> a, a, a man that's transitioned to a woman that's like two feet taller than her. So I mean, it's, I mean, just. I, I'm getting the sense as I, I look at these people that we're being run. I, I think I, I made this. I think I said it on uh, Jeff Rents. It, it's like they've unleashed the uh, the inmates at Arkham Asylum out of Batman. You know, these are these are like super villains. These are people that are cartoon characters. You almost think that you know, can are they real? Are they are they doing this for a reason? They're dressing these people up because it's hard to imagine people like that exist and that. Uh, Biden administration is doing everything it can to promote. I mean, promote them. And they, the one they just put in charge of the government disinformation board didn't they have a video of her singing like Mary Poppins or something? It's like singing super <laughs> with the which she actually I give her credit. She did sound like Julie Andrews, so I give her talent. She can sing. But at first I thought, oh, that's a good spoof. Then I think, wait, wait a minute, what the hell? She's she's, she's singing out pro tyranny lyrics. And it's like. I, you know, you, you think you're making a point people are going to understand. I mean, there it's unbelievable. Well, it's like oh, Alex yeah. was talking about. People really thought that he was being serious when he did the TikTok nurse deal. And I, when I watched, <laughs> I was like, this is this is good. Like the, the acting yeah. was great because a lot of yeah. people were like, absolutely, you should get your Fauci ouchie. And yeah, like, yeah. You know, we got we got to get more vaccinated. We got to do, and it's just people. There's you look at the the songs that were made. Um, by some of these other people that were real and they kind of like you put them next to the, what Alex was doing and the people can't tell the difference because that's how weird our reality's gotten. There was, yeah, the one, you can. there was the one guy that was like, he was like, Mr. Fauci, don't forget me. That guy that came out. So, I mean, it was like right after the vaccination came out and he was at, he was singing and I thought, you know, it'd be interesting if he like said, no, I was just kidding, but he wasn't. That was a real person. Yeah, that's 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 what's scary. We we have a uh, phone lines now that if you guys want to call in, I love hearing from you. It's 888-770-1776. I love those last four numbers. 888-770-1776. Uh, right now, it, it looks like you won't be able to hear me. But I'll be able to hear you, and I can answer you. If you call in, you got a comment or question for Don. Just know that uh, Don, you're not going to be able to hear Don for whatever reason on the soundboard, and we're, we're working out those issues. But uh, you can call in, uh, leave a question for Don, make a comment, and then uh, we'll go to the next call. And of course, you'll always be able to hear me, but uh, for whatever reason, yeah. I can't. I, well, I'm working on it. It's it's it has a soundboard issue, but um, yeah, you can call in eight 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 seven seven zero seventeen seventy six. You can talk directly to Don. 
wonderful. And I love hearing from you guys. So, I mean, we're, you know, again, we're just it, 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 trying to figure out, uh, and, and I'm stuck on this, uh, this, this, this information where I, again, I've been arguing with people. Uh, I got into, as I mentioned, Alex, uh, a big Twitter battle with uh, a woman that was just obviously hates Alex Jones. And my, and my whole point about Alex Jones was that, uh, about free speech, you know, this, this is never going to end. Basically, he was driven into bankruptcy, and he, he's trying to, to spin it as it's a good thing. Maybe it was a good strategic move. But nobody should have to do that. And uh, she was just going crazy and, of course, went after Sandy Hook and stuff. And I said, look, I'm just saying free speech. And I tried to tell her my thing about Sandy Hook is that, look, you know, you you, you said, you, so you believe people didn't die? I said, I never said that. I don't say any, I don't make any, you know, declarations like that because I don't know. And I don't, you know, I feel for, obviously I feel for parents in that kind of situation. I'm a parent, so I can understand this for the horrible thing in the world. But uh, my point is there are lots of questions. That, so many questions. I mean, it, you look at the pictures of Adam Lanza. Yes, I mean, yes. I mean, you ever seen, I mean, an alien gray looking kid yeah. that clearly yeah. was, I mean, if, I, I, you know, you look at the MK Ultra experiments and supposedly, you know, they worked on Ted Kaczynski you know, mm -hmm. back in the sixties and, uh, when he was at Harvard and you think, you know, that it's easy to forget about those experiments, those mind control. Do look at Adam Lanza would be a, a candidate for that. Just look at this picture. Just look at this kid. And there's something yeah. just, it's very, all of that story is tragic and it's awful and it's strange, but you absolutely have, you have free speech and uh, that's, yeah. that's the issue here. And, and it's obviously targeted. It's still going on. I mean, that was 2012. Yeah, 2012, and it, and talk about ten years. And but what happens is that, and Alex, if anything, people like me criticize. Were I was critical because I thought he's not he's not really questioning this enough. You know, he was never extreme on it really, and he he had Wolfgang Halbig on, who he later threw under the bus, Trump style. He threw Wolfgang under the bus so quickly it wasn't even funny. Wolfgang ended up hating him, I think, because of that. But uh, but then they all ended up getting sued. You know, Alex got sued too. Alex is getting sued more than the rest of them. So you, you just because it's a fine line for them saying. I I, I remember arguing with my JFK assassination research people uh, when they were talking about Sandy Hook and harassment appearance and stuff. And I said, well, look, you know, what is harassment and what is questioning? Again, it's like hate speech. You know, who determines that? What what is harassment exactly? Am I causing you harassment by questioning things about this event? Yes, if you're calling and making obscene phone calls or, you know, coming to their house and, you know, throwing eggs at their house or something like that, of course, that's that's something different. That's not acceptable. But if you are just simply questioning in public, hey, what about this? How do you explain this? That's free discord. That's that free discourse. That's free speech. And you can't if once you start uh, putting limits on that, again, all our free speech is is. Uh, is uh, and I said to the JFK people, I said, look, what do you, what would be, what's the difference between that and let's say anything we're saying about the JFK assassination, Kennedy family, who of course, you know, have been ridiculous about this, except for John F. Kennedy Jr., who they killed because of it, and then RFK Jr. Now, the rest of them have you know, apparently been fine with it or they're scared and they won't, they won't talk about it. But unlike the King, part of the King's family, for instance, did talk about it. In the beginning, we're very bold and courageous about it. But what's the difference between the Kennedy family saying, well, you know, you're harassing us by questioning the death of JFK. It's the same thing. Why are you, why are you harassing us? You're bringing up painful memories for me. And it's the same thing. In 9-11, victims can say the same thing. Why are you bringing up this? 
such a uh, bizarre seven. response. I've heard yeah, that from yeah. many commentators. Like, why would you insult the families of the people that died on 9-11? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. What? You know, yeah, somebody, I won't name names. There's prominent people, even in alternative media, that get on the edge of that that have said stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, that is bizarre. Yeah, and that's, I, I remember, know. one of my, my probably my least favorite comedian, Dennis Leary, and uh, for many reasons, but he's a bully, and uh, he stole material from uh, a great comedian, uh, Bill Hicks, uh, and uh, but he didn't steal anything about the JFK assassination or Waco from it. He stole other stuff from it, but he, he supposedly, uh, when somebody asked him about 9-11, he said, my brother's a firefighter, you know, got up in his face like, Wait, what do you what mean your that? brother's a firefighter? What calls that to do with anything? You want me, you want me to show you all the firefighter accounts that, 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 that little scores of them that said they heard explosions? I mean, what? But that's what you get is like, you know, my brother was a firefighter. Okay, so I, I don't understand. So I can't question this, this absurd narrative because of that. But that's what you get. And then you have it ends up where you have something like Seth Rich, where his family basically they did apply the Sandy Hook thing there because when Sean Hannity, for the first and only time, I think it is a career, attempted to do some half-ass invest investigative journalism on it. I don't know what struck him. But he had a broadcast where he actually was raising some pertinent questions about the death of Seth Rich. He had an investigator on everything. And his family went nuts. The Fox almost, almost uh, uh, booted his show off the air. He lost a lot of sponsors. He learned quickly, and he put a CAA lapel, lapel pin back on prominently, and he's, he's an never like murder. Yes. Why would you be well, mad about somebody yeah. trying to find out who killed your son? Wouldn't you want to know that? I mean, God, that's so. I'd be really interested. Oh my God, this is you know maybe it's fine to bring stuff. Instead, they're threatening to sue people. So it's the same kind of thing, where it's the same thing as the Sandy Hook parents or anything like that. You know, you should want to know the truth. And uh, there's, it's never wrong because you, you could literally use that line against any real investigative journalist. You're harassing, you're raising questions, and that you're causing emotional pain for the families. And that's the, it's the same kind of defense. And that's why, uh, you know, Alex Jones and his people, especially, have uh, not whether it's because they're, you know, co-opted or he's just, you know, doing it or he has the wrong strategy, but they should have from the very beginning, not back down. Every one of these people should have a first amendment defense. They should stand on that alone. They should not argue. I never said that or anything. You know, that's it's, it's, look, I have a first amendment. I'm questioning things. There's lots of dubious elements in this narrative. Explain that. Explain why the helicopter footage from the local news uh, uh, station uh, it, 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 you talk about one picture worth a thousand words. What is one video worth a million words? I guess, and uh, it's it's taken right in the aftermath of the shooting. And it, you tell me if it looks like it's an aftermath of a shooting. I mean, it doesn't look like much of anything is going on. And uh, that would be the first thing I question. Is like that's what got my attention. Is like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You have to question these things. Oh, so I get you. No, I, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying what is going on in the picture. Explain this video because you know, again, video. It's like if a, a, a politician is is caught with his hand in the cookie jar. He can't explain the video, right? Uh, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Something is going. Something. Nothing is going on basically in that video. Does it look like that? Where's the uh, Where's the mass evacuation of this between 600 800 students? The number varies uh, that went to that school should have been pandemonium where the parents are, you know, why is all the activity up at the firehouse? 
Why are the cars parked? In a, and again, the video shows this. The, par, the cars were parked crazy in a haphazard way and blocking off access. Like, what? why would you park that way at a school? It makes no sense. These are questions that you would ask. But again, I, I make no representations. I don't know what happened. But all I know is that there are a lot of questions there. And it's not a... Uh, it's not like this was a shooting at a cul-de-sac or something. Never got beyond very local news coverage. This was a national story, and they used this as uh, as to a uh, an issue for gun control. And uh, beyond that, even more security and layering up. And you know, we have to we have to restrict civil liberties because you know, people need to question it. Well, well, yeah, and you know, you got you're going to be covering this in Hidden History Three. Right. Yeah. Yes. Hidden history. Uh, well, I haven't decided if uh, if I'm gonna. Hidden history three is like 450 some pages, and that's after I took out all the Trump stuff. So I may take out the 30 or 40 pages of Sandy Hook and Boston bombing and Gabby Giffords and Batman Aurora. You know, all that stuff. I may and put that in hidden history four. I'm not sure because it, you know my my friend Chris Graves in the chat room, Peter Seacosh and Bob Wilson are uh, the three searchers are sending me uh, stuff all the time. By the way, Tony, last week's show, that apparently a lot of people were watching this research because uh, uh, I looked in the, I can't see the, the Facebook questions here. And uh, I looked back at the, and uh, I had this one guy who is, uh, he's, I've never communicated with him. He's a fairly prominent JFK assassination researcher. I'm friends with him on Facebook, but I wasn't aware he, you know, had any interest in me at all. But he, he commented and said, Something about Sandy Hook, like, you know, why are you questioning Sandy Hook or something? And uh, so, it, you know, we're getting people obviously are uh, are watching this or the researchers have a lot more fans than we thought. So maybe uh, you've you got a call coming in. Don, let's see if we can take this call. Please. Caller, you're on with Don Jeffries. Go ahead. Uh, Don? Yes. Or am I talking to Tony? You're, you're talking to both of us. You're being heard, sir. Okay, uh, I have a comment. Uh, this is Tom Pony from Columbia. I think. Hey, Tom. Oh, I know him. Yes, I know him very well. Here's uh, I just want to make a comment about about Sandy Hook. Uh, I write letters to a local newspaper about conspiracy issues quite a bit, and uh, I wrote one about four years ago about the Sandy Hook situation. Now, the weirdest thing that I think happened. I, I, in my first paragraph of the letter, I uh, mentioned that uh, Halpick was suing Lenny Posner, mm -hmm. or vice versa, Lenny Posner was <laughs> suing yeah. Halpick. Uh, um, actually, he claimed Halpick was using his name, personal address, email address, yeah. and workplace address on the internet. And, uh, and Halpick's reply was that, uh, Oh, he was just trying to establish his identity since he used like five different aliases. Right. Okay. Uh, and then the next paragraph is the one I'm uh, wanting to mention. Um, it concerns a photograph uh, about two and a half. Well, it was two and a half years ago from the time I wrote the letter. So it had to be about... January of 2015, uh, there was a shooting of students at the Army Public School in Preshawar. I'm probably pronouncing that pronouncing that wrong. Pakistan. 
and the yeah. shooting was on December 16th of 2014. Among the photographs was one of a young male student whose name was Husefa Hoxefa, whoever the heck that is. <laughs> and here's the strange part. The photograph was exactly the same photograph appearing on the Noel Posner Facebook page yeah. after he was shot at Sandy Hook Elementary on December 14th of 2012. Now, for me, that was the, that's telling me that the intelligence agencies were coordinating this thing, and, and, uh, it, in, so Sandy Hook involves our intelligence community. And that's all I had, had to say. Well, well I guess I'll you let, can't. Uh, I'll let Don take your, your comment, uh, and, uh, we yeah. appreciate your call. We'll, uh, we'll let Don answer that. Well, uh, thanks, Tom, and I, I really appreciate all your support. And uh, I'm aware of the, what you're talking about. But I, again, I have, to, I have to make a disclaimer every time I talk about Sandy Hill because I want to make sure I'm not saying anything definitively. I'm not claiming anything about what happened or didn't happen. But uh, it's always appropriate to ask questions. And there are lots of what you mentioned. Uh, there are lots of aspects to the case, and I'll have that in the book. And I, you know, I'm not going to say anything about uh, questioning the parents or anything like that. I, I, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, you know, this, does this make sense to you? Why this is, for instance, one of the things I, I bring up all the time is a school nurse, Sally Cox, who was interviewed by uh, Andrew McCarran, who was a local reporter here in DC, who I emailed uh, when I was first starting to write about Sandy Hook and, and these things. And I asked her, I said, you know, what do you, because she, during her interview, it was an exclusive interview, and she came on air and was gushing about how, uh, you know, the, the Sally, the nurse said that, you know, uh, she was uh, Adam Lanza's mother. Nancy Lanza was a very beloved kindergarten teacher who had been at Sandy Hook for years. And this was the story early on. Now, of course, they scrapped that and they do that in the narratives. That's why it's important to look at the early stories. They scrap these elements that contradict the narrative. And that was one of the elements. He also said that Adam Lanza had killed his father as well and, and talked about the police discovering, uh, finding a body in this apartment. So uh, again, all that was scrapped. No, that was a mistake. How do you mistake a report like that? But how do you possibly have a nurse saying something like that to a reporter? So I asked her, you know, what she thought about it. And she obviously see right through me, saw right through me because she said, uh, well, yeah, I thought about that too. I said, but there was no conspiracy. So that was, her, and I, I said, you know, that should be chiseled in stone outside the, the every newspaper and television station in America. There was no conspiracy. That is that is an ironclad rule of our alleged free press. But I mean, how do you explain that? How, do, how does a nurse at the school make a mistake like that, saying the uh, shooter's mother was a beloved teacher at the kindergarten school when, in fact, she had no connection to the school? How do you make a mistake like that? I mean, I've heard people say, well, she was confused. What do you mean she was? How would she possibly confusing her? Then explain, have her do a follow-up interview and have her explain herself. But you know, and that that nurse was at the center of a lot of things. She told several different stories about hiding under the desk, of seeing the shooter, hiding in a closet for hours. I mean, there's, and that's what you get. I'm familiar with going through like the witnesses for the JFK assassination. We know these kinds of things are out there where there's a. Did anyone ever get sued for looking into Oklahoma City? Did the did the victims of Oklahoma <laughs> City's families ever say, "Stop looking at this"? <laughs> no one ever did that. That's yeah, just, yeah. just bizarre. No, it's funny you should bring up Oklahoma City because I was able to, you know, I've, I've, I'm trying to 
And again, thanks to Chris and and, and Peter and and, and uh, Bob who, who give me so many, find me so many numbers and contact info. Ninety some percent of these phone numbers you find for these people that are connected to these events have been disconnected. I don't think that's an accident. I think it's obvious they don't want to talk and they're scared of something. Now they're obviously not scared of something because there are no conspiracies, right? What do they have to be scared of otherwise? But uh, I finally I got a hold of Edie Smith, who is one of the big media stars after Oklahoma City. She's the, the young mother who lost uh, twins in the daycare center. They showed lots of heart hugging videos of them, and uh, her stepfather Glenn Wilburn was one of the first investigators who did great research before dying way too young. He was after that, and uh, so I talked to her today. And uh, she didn't really know that much, but she referred me to her mother. So I'm looking forward to probably having her mother on the show or my other show. And uh, she's still doing research and she's working. Very, and she knows about all the, you know, Trent to do the guy in the jail and Loudon Slager. This guy I've been trying to find something about who's uh, Mike Loudon Slager, who you know, was seen by multiple witnesses that day, helping, rescuing people. I mean, multiple witnesses said this guy was a hero. Well, the official version was that he was found dead at his desk and died in the blast. You know, so how again, how do you reconcile that? I know, but those are the questions now. Is it disrespectful to families to do that? But that's that's all. But you're right, Sandy Hook for some reason. I like Pizzagate. I don't I don't really know why, but uh maybe because it involved kids, but well all of this stuff, you know deserves a scholarship that's why your work's so important don i mean everything's a chain it's all linked to it to these events are all linked in, in a way you know you go back to oklahoma city right. and you see the genesis of the patriot act and something very weird then i, I want to say the the um the governor of oklahoma at the time i believe his name was keating keating yes frank keating yes, yes john keating, keating. Yeah. now his brother wrote a book back in the early 90s right before the event he'd written a novel and i don't, don't know if it was published or not yeah uh, yes but the, but the character in there was tom mcveigh and he targeted the oklahoma <laughs> the federal building the murrow building yeah yeah that's fact that? yeah what? that's weird yeah. but see there's another thing there's another link to to john keating and the um uh, in oklahoma city if you go from 95, that was 95, you fast forward to 2001 and the uh, chairman, the, the the guy that ran the simulation dark winter was John Keating. Yeah. And he, yeah, exactly. he, he was a big, uh, at the top uh, three people that ran the, the simulation for dark winter in, in June of 2001, which is really the pretext for this, the scamdemic and everything that we're going through. Now, all of these things are linked in some way they all touch each other in some way and so that's why and we get we've had so much thrust upon us in the last three or four years it's really it's, it's like does anybody even talk about nine does 9 11 matter yes all of it matters right all of this stuff matters because if you can show if you can show a definitive link between these conspiracies and these ops and all these things that have happened to us and again i mean we're not making definitive statements on anything but if you can show where there's a a breakdown in the narrative, then you start to understand that, okay, I I may not want to believe everything that the teleprompter reader right. on the nightly news tells me. I may want to think for myself, and that's the that's really dangerous. That's why alternative media has been uh dispatched to the uh to the phantom zone of the internet. Well, I'm glad to be in the phantom zone because that's where all the, the smart people are. <laughs> that's right. And 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 it, it's you know, and we you know, we're we didn't get to the point where we could have 
a presidential administration seriously creating uh, a misinformation governance board as we have now. That didn't happen accidentally. And it happened because all the things I write about in my hidden history books, uh, you know, for the JFK, well before JFK assassination, certainly in our lifetimes and obviously 9-11, but Oklahoma City, things like this, Waco, which was, you know, I can't think of a more impeachable offense for any presidential administration in history than, than the murder that happened at Waco, where they killed American citizens in cold blood, including lots of children, uh, by, by gassing them with a, a, a gas that had been banned under the Geneva Convention. You couldn't use it in warfare, but they used it on American children and killed them. Yeah, this, um, they play, you got people playing army man. That's the way I look at yeah. it. And they're standing on the rubble. Who was that? Uh, who was that shill they just had up there? What, what was his name? Uh, Chip something or something. The, the guy that they nominated for uh, the, the head of the ATF. And Chip uh, he Bur was, Bur Burlett, was it Chip Burlett? Something like that. And yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got that. He's got that scrunched up face. He really wants yeah. to take he's not <laughs> to take the guns. But they, you know, they wanted they flew the ATF flag over the the burnt bodies over the compound. Yes. If you want to, I mean, if you want to understand what the ruling class thinks of you and your freedom, then just go back and look at, you know, go watch the rules of engagement and then look at the yes. photos of them standing on the rubble and acting like they're army men. Like, you know, look, I've been in combat. You would never, ever, uh, you know, celebrate burning something to the innocent yeah. women and children. Like, you yeah. know, what kind of, what kind of human being are you? If you want to call yourself that it's just bizarre. I mean, you look at the, the celebration going on and what was the, I forget the name of, of the operation they were even running. It was something. Oh, they came up some stupid time, like Operation Showtime or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these things, are, again, the connections to these things, it's like a timeline. They're all connected. And so you have, you go back to, uh, you know, they, they, the, the narrative is that uh, Timothy McVeigh was so upset about Waco, Ruby Ridge, which happened before that. But you look at Ruby Ridge, Ruby Ridge, Randy Weaver were, you know, the, the people I'm sure are familiar with that. But uh, the guy who ended up, uh, the FBI sharp, sharp tutor, Lon Horiuchi, yeah. who uh, who should have been prosecuted for murder, he's the one who blew off Vicki Weaver's head as she held her infant baby in her arms. Was his lawyer. His yeah, lawyer well, well, was Bob Barr. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hired so, by but, Trump. Yeah, trust yes. the plan. Here, I'm going to put right. a caller on, Don. You got to call. Oh, great. Okay. All right, caller, welcome. You're talking to Donald Jeffries. Uh, yes, hello. G'day, Donald. It's Ben from Australia, mate. Ben oh, cool. Oh, right. I love it. Australian Ben. Cool. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, I love the conversation, guys. I love the conversation. It's it's sort of been perplexing for me for a, a long period of time now that things happen in America, they're massive world events, and there's never really a true culprit that's put up and then prosecuted for the heinous event. Now, Sandy Hook, there's many unanswered questions. Where's the CCTV? Um, you had the Las Vegas massacre, which is just one of the most bizarre things to ever happen and be swept under the rug. And then we look at the Twin Towers and we know they came down through some type of uh, explosive means. We wage wars. We blame it on a guy in a cave, Bin Laden. And everyone still says Lee Harvey Oswald blew off JFK's head. It doesn't make any sense that none of the true culprits are held responsible unless 
the true culprits are the power structure themselves. 100%. Yeah, that's the, and I'm sorry, sorry that you could, can't hear me, callers. I bet Australian men are loving that. Yeah, I'm just asking you guys, um, you guys live there. Yeah, it's your your country exports culture around the world. Yes. Um, do do you envision a time when perhaps some of these people will be prosecuted? You know, Trump had a throwaway line, and he said, "Lock her up." <laughs> yeah. yes. The only thing is, millions and millions and millions of people believe she should be truthfully locked up. Yeah, they they believe she is a criminal, yet she's seemingly. Uh, able to escape justice and all of the people with their fingers on the trigger escape justice at least in in washington it's so unfortunate mate i'm gonna let i'm gonna let you go and let don uh, uh answer your questions and kind of talk about your your comment okay i appreciate you an australian australian ben great longtime supporter and i just i'm so excited about the fact that you know the people are listening to uh this in 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 australia Fantastic. Thanks, Ben. But he brings up a point. I, I think, you know, for a long time, I have said that the uh, the greatest problem facing this country, all our problems, was the disparity of wealth. And I still think that's a huge problem. I mean, you know, when you have half the country, the bottom 50 percent, has less than one percent of the collective wealth, can't have a real economy. It's, obviously, it's, it's not working for half your country at all. It's not working to, you know, for half of the top half either, to, to an appreciable degree. But uh, that's a huge problem, but I think now it's been superseded because the corruption, the, the pandemic and the unconstitutional lockdown really brought all the roaches out in the light. And you can see how corrupt things are at the mayoral level, the Lori Lightfoots of the world, uh, the, the school board level, when you can see all these tyrants that are at school boards, the corruption is from top to bottom. And it's so pervasive that you're right. Uh, somebody like a Hillary Clinton, who is uh, the, the biggest problem, I think, is that uh, no one with any power, certainly not at her level, the queen of corruption, the queen of the deep of the swamp, whatever you want to call her, is is touchable. There's doesn't matter what the evidence is against her. For instance, you know, I, I wrote many articles in the American Free Press a couple of years ago before they finally admitted, you know, that uh, you know that and they've had to pretty much admit that the evidence. I mean, the New York Times, all these papers are talking about. Well, yeah. We do see things out there that indicate that the uh, the Obama White House and the Clinton campaign were spying on Trump, as he said, and there's a lot of evidence there. And they have a memo from the CIA director, John Brennan, one of their favorites, who uh, says, talks openly about Hillary. It said, you know, yeah, Hillary Clinton's got this, you know, plan that she wants to try to, uh, you know, say that Russia colluded with Donald Trump. I mean, it's right. How more, what more of a smoking gun do you need than that? And uh, that's not enough to prosecute her. And that's the problem is that you can't have a society, not only when half your, half your population has nothing in this rigged economy, but when you have everybody that's in charge, there is no, uh, there's no type of uh, check guard against misbehavior because everybody in charge of you is completely, utterly above the law. It's impossible, to, especially if on the woke authoritarian left. So who's in charge now? Again, the establishment is no longer conservative. So somebody like Hillary Clinton, who probably is, if there is a queen of the swamp, uh, that would be Hillary Clinton. You know, I'm not sure who the king is at this point, but she's the queen. And uh, she, she's, again, probably had a criminal career going back decades to whatever extent she was involved with Bill Clinton's crimes and shenanigans. But they're, they're, they're like a, a crime family. 
like you used to see in the mob, to the Clinton crime family, the Bush crime family. There's lots of them. But they've never even been prosecuted for anything they've done. And Waco is a sort of been an impeachable offense. But Hillary Clinton, go back to the cattle gate and file gate and all these, you know, very strange things, not to mention all the deaths around her, you know, that happened under Bill Clinton, but also during her 2016 campaign. You had people dropping barbells on their throats in gyms and, you know, things like that. And that was literally really happy. And the people getting, you know, pushed in front of, a, you know, a metro train. And uh, nothing ever happened to her. She's untouchable. And all of us, a lot of us had that fantasy. We're going to see her do the perp walk in the orange jumpsuit. Not going to happen. She exemplifies that they're all above that. And you and you have that basically to everybody that has any money now. So you have somebody like Deshaun Watson, an NFL football player, who has 22 different women that have uh, charged, charged alleged sexual assault against him. 22 different women unconnected to each other. Uh, the, his reward for that was not two grand juries who they say can indict a ham sandwich, but apparently not a rich ham sandwich because they, they, they didn't indict him. And he just was rewarded with the largest contract in NFL history in terms of guaranteed money, two hundred some thousand dollars. What message does that send to people? And well, you I promise to- you, Don, if he if he'd have kneeled in the end zone after a touchdown, if he had <laughs> prayed to God, he would be in jail. Well, that's yeah, that's probably that true. You, it's not just about money, and it's not just about talent. It, you you can't be in any way, shape, or form opposed to the satanic power structure. Period. Right. If you are, it doesn't matter how much money you have. So there's only one side, really. You know, and it's funny. uh, Conservative Christians are so co-opted that they even allow the media and the government to tell them they're red, that they're in red states. So not only do (laughs) even the places you supposedly rule are red. Think about it, folks. Why Why did we do that? Why did we allow the media to change and put the color red on conservatives and say, see, you're red, you're communist, you know, you're, that's the color of the red army. What are you talking about? And it's interesting that they allowed that to happen. So yeah, I I just, whenever during the entire QAnon thing, and I kept going, this is just so such nonsense. What are they, what are people and people just want this hopium They're, they're, the deep state can't arrest itself. It's not going to police itself. The whole thing is the deep state. Right. There's no oversight. And that's what's, and, and again, it's in our society and people see it, even though we have a record number of prisoners, we have so many people in prison, probably half of them are innocent. DNA evidence shows it every year. So uh, there's tons and tons of people who were, who were locked up by a rig system from the police planning evidence sometimes to incredibly corrupt prosecutors who just want to win at all costs, withhold evidence from the defense, happens all the time. Uh, corrupt judges, politicized judges, and incredibly brain dead, stupid juries, which Except in the case of the Whitmer case, where that that was a one in a million shot to have an intelligent jury. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> most of the time, we should all tremble in fear at going before a jury of our peers because they are uh, they're horrible. You can you guarantee they're going to make the wrong choice virtually all the time. But when all this is happening and there's you have uh, no oversight over police misconduct, the cops gone wild videos. The reason that's out there and the why you had the riots was because there's a lot of bad behavior on the part of cops and the system doesn't police its police itself to use the term. There's no oversight. They don't weed if they claim there's bad apples, they don't weed the bad apples out. So so what what are we supposed to think? Same thing with the medical industrial complex. It kills more people, the third leading cause of death in America. They don't weed out mistakes. There's no oversight there. There's no oversight over any it's, it's Congress the Congressional Oversight Committee is a joke. 
they might target somebody like Jim Traffic in back in the 90s, one of the few decent congressmen we ever had. But they're not going to go after anybody. You know, that you've had congressmen being elected from some jail before. There's no oversight. And that's the problem is that that there's no oversight over officials at every level. That's the biggest problem in America now, the systemic corruption and the inability of the citizens. We can't get anything done. I mean, we had the, that was that was the problem on January 6th. Everybody saw, you know, the, the, this cor- cor- uh, electoral corruption, which has been around for a long time. It was so obvious, so out in the open that they were moved to go to Washington, D.C. at Donald Trump's behest and uh, protest. And look what happened. It, they, they, it's the corrupt establishment, which protects itself and there's no oversight, has turned them into the villains, say they're insurrectionists, and it's kept them in prison over a year. And I said that, that right now is a single most important issue that no one, not a single civil libertarian outside of people like me with the little platforms I have, nobody is talking about the political prisoners we have. Nobody's talking about the outrage of uh, uh, denial of due process, uh, apparent beating, solitary confinement, all for, for maybe misdemeanor crimes if they're anything at all. It's an outrage. The entire legal profession could be good. But do you see anybody? You see a handful of GOP people in Congress. That's it. And uh, I don't know what we can do when, when you can't, you can't motivate. We has nobody in charge that cares about that. And that's the problem. It's utterly corrupt. You, okay. We got a well, caller on the line. Okay. Caller, welcome. You're, you're on with Donald Jeffries. Go ahead. Oh, Hey, hi, this is Carolyn. How you doing? Uh, Tony, hey. how you doing? Uh, hey, Carolyn. John, uh, got done uh, texting with your son, John. Um, <laughs> I know you're about to run out of time. Maybe you guys can talk about this on Saturday. Um, I was watching um, Judge Napolitano today, and I was sending some stuff to him because he had the ex-CIA guy on that. He's a pretty sharp guy. And I don't know if you guys have caught up with this yet, but Poland has announced that they're going to send 200 tanks across the border. Yeah, I heard that. Supposedly handing them over to the Ukrainians. But, you know, if they're going to be sending them over there with Polish tank people, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) If they're sending infantry across with with these tanks, as soon as a Russian kills a Polish guy, we're, we're killing a NATO member. That's right. And I was watching Putin, and I can I can understand Russian. Donald knows this, and he was sitting there saying, "You are testing me, and this is not going to go well for you." And yeah. the, you know, the implication is that they're going to start targeting the weapon centers where the NATO people are at in Kyiv and a couple other places that are helping strategically help the Ukrainians. So you guys might want to talk about this tomorrow because I'm actually wondering if this crosses the NATO line. Do they have to kill the NATO members in Poland or, you know, Germany? I mean, what happens if they start killing NATO of any nationality? Because according to the treaty, they all have to respond. Right. And you do have World War War i've been saying this for for many months Karen. i've been talking about how, how dangerous this is yeah well, yeah i don't i don't know if don's told you and i know i help um, daniel out with his dark journalist show i've been yelling at everybody for months going back to last fall that i said putin's not kidding he's gonna go to war and everybody thought i was nuts i think and i said no i'm listening to him in russian this guy's not kidding but i said he's being blunt He's being sincere. He's going, I'm not kidding. (laughs) 
you know, and it's like he kept saying this, and it's like, I, you know, they were, it has to be intentionally done because I've got family on both sides right now. So I have to be a little bit careful. I can't say what they're, where they're at, what they're seeing. But they've been telling me for months there were, you know, mercenaries in the Ukraine. Uh, there were, it's a weirdest thing, Israeli soldiers, American soldiers, UK, what is it, SAF guys. They, they've been in there before the invasion. Uh, they were actually almost like, you know, how people say that uh, uh, Roosevelt uh, drew the Japanese to Pearl Harbor. The, the, the Ukrainians were getting ready along the Dumbass border as if they were going to invade and kill all the Rus- the ethnic Russians. So it was almost like, yeah. you know, suckering him into this thing to get him to do this. Because I kind of laughed. I said, well, the Fourth Reich is going to finally get what the Third Reich always wanted. They're going <laughs> to clean the Slavs out from the Dnieper River to Siberia. You know, they're going to get the Russians to kill each other. And, you know, the, I call it the Fourth Reich, or you want to call it the Nazi International, whatever you want to call it, whoever really won World War II, November 22nd, 1963. Right. They will be more than glad to take over that whole area and take all the minerals, the oil, the gas, the antiquities. But, you know, nobody's paying attention to this. And I think the Ministry of Truth is being established because they're not going to want the information that the Russians are going to share with us to get out about the bioweapons. That's exactly right. We're we're being prepped for war. All the, the, the controls of narrative... Are, this is a preparation for the state to rule over us. And so uh, the, even alternative media, all of us are, who are saying we're we're skeptical. We don't want to go to war. We don't want World War Three. We don't want any of this stuff. The state, that's the way they survive. And in order for them to to keep the dollar propped up, and you've had many smart analysts look at this and say they need a war. They need a war. And uh, they're going to get one. And I don't know if they're going to get more than they bargained for. I mean, again, I've been... I think that they are ruling class are evil. I think that they're uh, sociopaths, but I don't think they're wise. And uh, you look at somebody like Vladimir Putin, and I'm not not saying I'm a fan or anything, but there's a long history here of things that led up to uh, the invasion of Ukraine. And it was a lot of broken right. promises from the American side. It was you know us building bio labs yep. there and threatening to bring them into NATO and and funding their weapons. I mean. What was it like? Thirty was it thirty three billion that we just offered up? Uh, yes, which is yes. more yeah. than like yes. most of the industrialized world spends on their their defense in most countries. I mean, it's just an it's, it's an egregious, aggressive move that we've made. We clear our side clearly wants war. We don't want peace. We, we've dismantled every bit of the negotiations and the Cold War tactics that we had in the last seventy years have been dismantled in the last year. One hundred percent. There's no yeah. question. They're even going after Putin's daughter. They're, they're saying that they're going to find them and sanction them. And that if, if they could find them in Switzerland, they said it would be okay if they were uh, captured and held. So what, when did we start doing that? <laughs> you know, I mean, what, are they going to hold them hostage? You know, yeah. I mean, this is crazy. You know, Absolutely. it turns out, luckily, apparently she's back in the Soviet Union, you know, I don't want to say Soviet Union, back in Russia. But, I mean, since when did they ever start doing that? I mean, did they go after Obama's daughters or whosever daughters they really were? Did they go after them yeah. when he was killing people with his drones at weddings and funerals? Absolutely. I mean, would it have been okay for them to go after Chelsea Clinton Absolutely. when Hillary yeah. was cheering the death of, you know, we came, we saw, he died, tackling right. like a witch over, you know, Gaddafi <laughs> dying? Yeah. I mean, you know, 
I've never heard of people going after people's children before. I don't even think anybody mm-hmm. threatened to do that. You know, you know, were they going to go kill Ava Braun during the war? Yeah. Not a chance. You know, yeah. Yeah, that, that, this yeah. is all. This Carolyn's is a great really, supporter too. I, I, yeah, absolutely. You did a great podcast. and satanic. There's just no other way to look at it. Well, absolutely, you're absolutely right, and it's these are dangerous times. These people that think that I'll change my profile picture. I'm for the current thing. I'm I'm going to support Ukraine at all costs. Zelensky's <laughs> the leader of the free world, and I go, this isn't Libya. This isn't Syria. You don't get to just bully these people. I've I've worked with the Russian paratroopers. I've I did this when I was in the military. This is not going to be the cakewalk war because the cakewalk war wasn't even the cakewalk war. I was in it. These people are these again. We're being manipulated we're being farmed uh this is a serious serious thing i can't i can't stress this enough i don't want to scare people but it's so serious and then the things that are happening uh on the world stage i mean all this is 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 being manufactured in my opinion for the great reset absolutely yeah i hope you guys can talk about this tomorrow because i know you're running out of time tonight but uh you guys will be together what is it noon i want to make sure everybody knows we should be we should yes yes well, it, it it more people need to really talk about this because people wouldn't you know weren't didn't want to talk about it before the invasion, but they don't really realize I, a lot of Americans don't understand because you know nobody wants to go in the draft anymore and they 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 forget oh, they volunteer if they get killed that's their problem you know mm-hmm. it's not as much respect for this and whatnot but you know there are tactical nukes and I could I I think without a doubt Putin let's face it if they start bombing St Petersburg or Moscow. Putin's going to pull the lid off of everything. He's been holding back 80% of his stuff. He's not using the real stuff. I was surprised to use some of those hypersonic missiles. But I think a lot of those were done to take out certain bioweapons labs. But, um, you know, it, this is this is going to get ugly fast. I agree with you. You know? I agree, Carolyn. Well, please, Carolyn's- yeah, talk about tomorrow because I think we need to wake more people up. I mean... <clears throat> On, uh, Don can tell you we had fun on Twitter today. We had somebody going nuts over Alex. That yes, Carolyn was involved in that. Alex yeah. Sandy Hook, which I think yeah. Sandy Hook was a setup. I really do. I think I knew that we, they, everybody kept talking about how so many of these were false flags, that they were going to set up a false flag with a whole lot of innocent victims. And then you started crying that it was another false flag. They were going to use it against somebody. You know, and, and Alex That's walked true. right into it. You know, and I still have never figured out why he's pulled back from all of the things because there was things questionable about Sandy Hook. So that whole thing is just there's something really fishy yeah. and you know hokey about that whole thing. That's important, but I really think this fact that we may be looking at a, a nuclear exchange or World War Three, people got to take this serious. You know, they really do. Yeah, pretty good. Oh, Carol, Carol, Carolyn, I, I, I appreciate it. She's been very supportive. Thank you, Carol. We, we appreciate you very, very much. And uh, I'm going to let you go. And then uh, Don and I, we're going to go through the chat yeah. and make sure we thank everybody. And then we'll uh, we'll end this stream because I'm going to do my radio okay. show live on. Anybody wants to tune on the Art of Burn radio transmission is going to be it's, mm-hmm. it, in the next uh, 50 minutes uh, here. Same channel. And we're going to go live on Worldwide Christian Radio. So stay right. tuned and call thank in. I'll have the phone lines open oh, wow. for that, too. Well, make sure you put the link in uh, one of his places, and we'll go ahead and make sure we get it all over Twitter and everywhere else. Oh, I appreciate that. Awesome. I'll I'll do that. I'll put the link up here in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. 
I wanted to shout out to uh, Gardner Goldsmith. I see tipped us ten dollars in the chat room. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, that's a good man. Friend, friend of David Knight, a, a fellow commentator, and uh, I've done a show with Gardner. He's a smart, smart individual oh. writer. We're gonna, you need to get him on your show, Don. I do. Thank you very. I, I really appreciate it, guys. I can't tell you. Oh, that's somebody else. I mean, we missed another tip. Who else just tipped? I think you somebody got MJ Nichols as a tip as well. MJ Nichols, I saw you commenting some great comments. Thank you, MJ Nichols. And thank everybody, man. I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. It's just, it's, you know, it's wonderful that you're listening and, uh, support it's like that is fantastic and uh, tony thanks so much and uh, i hope you guys enjoyed uh alex stein prime time alex stein. he's he says he's going to be next like, next week so hopefully nothing will come up the last edit of him and cassidy campbell is very good too we'll try to get both of them on and maybe they'll do their characters or something but they're they're, they're very entertaining and uh, i i urge you all to watch watch their videos and uh tony another another great job thank you sir well, thank you, Don. Great show. And I want to let all your listeners that are finding you on Facebook right now and Twitter, make sure you go and follow Don on the America Unplugged channel over on Rockfin. We're, we're two subscribers away from hitting 4,000. So just at least two of you go over there so we can hit yeah, the 4,000 number. Follow Don on Rockfin. That's the that's the fallback position for free speech. But we're going to be broadcasting and streaming on these other platforms as long as we possibly can. So uh, yes. So make sure you follow him. Follow Don everywhere. Go to his Twitter. Go to his Facebook and go to Rockfin and, uh, and of course, the America Unplugged podcast channel. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening to iProtest. Take care.